Financial advisors are moving toward offering more holistic wealth management advice to clients. At the same time, client expectations for how they interact with advisors is changing. Advisors will need to increase their reliance on digital channels at the same time they're expanding the type of advice they deliver to clients. Now, you can look at these challenges as an opportunity to rethink how you deepen client relationships, increase assets under management, and build a more sustainable business model. I'd like to welcome you all to our podcast, Operationalizing Financial Wellness, Making the World of Work, Work Better for Clients, Advisors, and Compliance Teams, hosted by Financial Planning and sponsored by ServiceNow. I'm Lisa Joyce, your guest host, and today I'm speaking with John Almedia, Global Director of Wealth and Asset Management at ServiceNow. Now, John is going to talk to us about wealth management trends and also recommend strategies to help you evolve your practice. John, thank you so much for joining us. It's entirely my pleasure, Lisa. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Great. Maybe to start us off, John, you could give us a brief introduction about yourself and your experience in the industry, and then maybe we could segue into uh, ServiceNow's strategic vision within financial services. Of course, happy to. So I've been with uh, ServiceNow for about a year now, and as you mentioned, I lead our sub-vertical for wealth management and asset management within our financial services industries team. Prior to that, I was with Salesforce.com for about four years in a similar capacity. And then prior to that, I come from the wealth and asset management business, having worked for Fidelity Investments in a number of different capacities uh, for about eight years of my life. And you mentioned uh, ServiceNow strategic vision within financial services, Lisa. That's exactly why I and some of my counterparts were hired here at ServiceNow is the fact that we as a company have verticalized and specifically for financial services. And the premise here is we've been successful as a company within the IT workflow space, and we want to broaden that vision beyond IT into employee and customer workflows on the backs of our robust platform to better serve our customers, right, to better be trusted advisors within the industry and, again, be better providers of business solutions to business problems. And that's exactly the motion and uh, the strategic vision for us here at ServiceNow. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, John, let's talk about the wealth management industry. Within wealth management, what are some of the biggest challenges that you're seeing from a a big-picture macro-environmental perspective? So, Lisa, I have the privilege, and I mean the privilege, of being able to speak to wealth and asset managers all over the world and the C-suite and, in particular, uh, CIOs, and it's always a great privilege for me to be able to do that. And what really boils to the surface is the fact that when I do talk to these executives at wealth and asset managers, especially in the wealth management space, there's three always overarching priorities that I hear from them, and I want to spend a little bit of time talking about that, is number one, they always tell me it's about creating overall operational efficiencies and practice management. So fundamentally, that's about people, process, and technology. And if I break that down a little bit further from a people perspective, it's all about attracting the next generation of the financial advisor, the FA. There's really a talent war out there The average age of a financial advisor right now is roughly 55 years of age, and one-fifth of those are over the age of 65. In fact, right now, it's the second hardest job to fill in North America. 
So it's all about them realizing how they're going to run the next generation of their business and attracting the right talent to do so. As far as process goes, I mean, shrinking margins continue to bring daunting challenges to many firms, right? We all heard, we all hear, and we all know about the passive versus actively managed accounts and the direction that that's gone in and the huge impact that that's had across margins within wealth management. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the intergenerational transfer of wealth we've been in for the last few years as well. And I'll elaborate a little bit more on that later. And then technology, that's really, really fundamental here. There was a survey from my previous employer, Fidelity, that they published not long ago, whereby they stated that advisors who embrace technology are going to be the ones who scale, grow, and ultimately win. But six in 10 of financial advisors are not using technology to the fullest. But those who do have a 42% higher assets under management in their books of business. So this really is all about book of business coverage and scale, which a lot of financial advisors struggle because they are bogged down with administrative tasks and regulation. And then, of course, you have fintechs encroaching in, which I believe in the wealth management business may be a little bit different than banking. Wealth managers are embracing. They're partnering and, they're, in fact, acquiring a lot of these fintechs where they may have a gap in their processes. So it's really about overhauling the business with, you know, connected workflows, actionable data, and integrated systems. The second priority I always hear about is finding growth with solutions and markets. And I just mentioned we're in the intergenerational transfer of wealth to the tune of $59 trillion over the next 20 years. So this is all about net new assets and asset retention. It's not just for that organic growth, but it's also about asset retention. There's a big risk if no relationship has been had by the financial advisor with the extended household, if they just have that relationship with the primary member. There's a big risk of those assets being transferred from one firm to the other. And of course, not held assets, right? All the held away assets. Financial advisors hold less than half of a client's total assets. So there's a need to grow that share of wallet across services and products like loans, tax planning, estate planning. And then lastly, the third priority is all about the differentiated advisor and client experience and engagement. So it's all about the opportunistic view of the client, connecting the advisor to the client, operationalizing the voice of the customer into their business, and having a holistic view of the client's lives to deepen those client relationships, right? Things like financial wellness, life events and challenges, and of course, that intersection of wealth and healthcare. You think about clients who have suffered a traumatic life event, clients suspected of being of diminished capacity, right, or the the morbid topic of re-registration, right? COVID obviously has had a huge impact here, but financial advisors must act. The question is, is how to guide a financial advisor through these types of scenarios and turning them into true wealth managers from product sellers. And then lastly, client expectations have changed. I mean, this is about impact investment decisions, right? 75% of wealthy millennials consider the social and environmental impact of the companies they invest in to be an important part of their investment decision-making process, right? It's the whole concept of ESG investing, environmental, social, and corporate governance. Great. Yeah, these are all very, very important challenges. But I was hoping, John, that maybe we could dive into a little more of the client expectations piece of it. Can you talk more about how changing expectations can create opportunities for advisors? 
Yeah, absolutely. Happy to, Lisa. The age wave of 69 million retiring clients is expecting advisory firms to offer more planning and relationships as the baby boomers' median age hits 65 this year. Money in motion is 350% above the normal rate as clients seek more attention, right? There's no doubt about that, that COVID has certainly accelerated that as well, right? Twice as many people retired in 2020 as in 2019, and pending retirement plan rollovers are at $2.5 trillion. Fact of the matter is that advisors are outnumbered by clients and require centralized digital support to reach those clients. Again, I mentioned this earlier, but this is a fundamental question of scale and the technology to support it. So advisors have no choice. They really need to adjust. They need to deliver holistic financial wellness that can deepen client relationships and capture those held-away assets that I mentioned earlier, right? It's estimated to be roughly equal to the currently held assets. Again, accelerated by COVID, client preferences for wellness and reducing the risks associated with health and longevity are seeking advisors who are similarly aligned. Advisors who do not align will lose. So it's really about four things in my mind, Lisa. It's all about better relationships. Become the go-to resource for issues that matter most with your clients. It's an opportunity to deepen loyalty and trust to build relationships with the spouse and children as well, that extended household. It's about better planning. Help clients prepare for the inevitable and costly health events. Assist with the state and next generation planning. Make sure clients in the advisory firms are protected from the risks associated with diminished capacity. There's no shortage of those willing to take advantage of those in that situation. Financial advisors must stay ahead of that. That's the intersection of wealth and health care. They're no longer inseparable as clients age. The aging population, which is happening all over the world, Lisa, raises the need for health-related services as well. And of course, as I mentioned, those diminished decision-making capacity is also a growing concern. And of course, let's not forget about regulatory issues, right? Financial advisors and advisory firms are inundated with that. It hasn't lessened any. Reg BI, DOL fiduciary, right, all the obligations, disclosure, care, conflict of interest, compliance, these are all opportunities for embedded processes and automation to avoid compliance failures. Advisors are buried in administrative tasks, heavy burden on their backs to the tune of 70 to 75% of their time is spent on those laborious tasks where they really should be focusing on their clients' needs and everything I just outlined. Right, absolutely. These advisors can have a, a real impact on client lives. Pretty exciting time to be an advisor, I think. John, I have time for one more question. I want to ask you specifically, what makes ServiceNow optimally positioned to address these challenges and turn them into opportunities? I couldn't agree with you more, Lisa. It is an exciting time to be a financial advisor. It's also a daunting time to be a financial advisor, given all the pressures and all the changes that I've just outlined. So we feel here at ServiceNow that we aim to try to help with that. And we humbly say this. We say we are the platform of platforms across a firm's ecosystem. We don't aim to be a firm's system of record, but we aim to be 
the system of action. We want to be that connective tissue across front and back office operations, right? Our main focus is about the employee experience first. And that may sound a little controversial because folks may say, well, what about the client? Well, we say, well, wait a minute. Why don't you first equip your employees, whether it be the financial advisor, whether it be their support teams like in the back office, why don't you give them the tools first at their fingertips to be more effective and efficient so that they can focus on what really matters? Because if you do, then by extension, it's natural. You're going to provide a better client experience. The reason why clients don't have a great experience is because a lot of processes are broken. So, again, we can be that single system of action. We can increase efficiency by integrating with systems of record and automating work, give everyone that single lens across IT, employees, customer experience, operations, and, of course, undoubtedly risk and compliance because, obviously, this is a heavy regulated industry, right? We also want to provide more tools for the advisors, so proactive guidance and communication tools, like for guided client discovery, straight through processing for onboarding. On the HR side, I mentioned the talent war that's happening, right? We can do the advisor onboarding and their overall life cycle within the firm to structure those unstructured processes. We can also expand self-service. Let's not forget about the customers here. We can empower the clients by automating requests and routing to the right person or teams so they can have a better experience. We can connect those very teams, give them transparency and visibility to the customers, the associates, and those resolver teams with one single platform. Again, Lisa, this is all about efficiency and minimizing the administrative burdens so advisors and their teams can focus on what's important, their clients' needs and meeting those expectations. That's great. I love it, John. That's awesome. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have. I do want to thank you for sharing your thoughts, your experiences, and advice with our listeners. Lisa, it's been entirely my pleasure, and it's been a treat and a privilege to be able to do this with you. So thank you. Uh, And thank you to our listeners. Have a great day.